Good evening, Manual Everywhere family. Praying that God is good to you on this Thanksgiving week, Monday. We pray that God has been keeping you as he has been keeping me and that you are doing well. Uh, Want to just go ahead and get started, man. We really had a great Sunday yesterday for volunteer appreciation. And so uh, I'd like to take a, a moment, personal moment, to give a shout out to all those who helped um, help with Emmanuel Everywhere so much. Uh, uh, Sister Lynette Jones, uh, uh, from Brother Joe Rigido, who does our videos, want to shout out to him. Uh, want to give a shout out to Mother Martha Huffman, who does a great job with much evangelism uh, that goes forth online from her. So I personally want to just uh, show appreciation to those folk who have done a whole lot with Emmanuel Everywhere and, and assisting me uh, with these online. At any rate, God bless you all for your continued service. And uh, thank you again. Um, praise break moment. Well, I'm going to tell you how God does this thing, because I didn't really have a praise break moment last night. Um, I, I couldn't think of one uh, that I could utilize. And uh, I woke up about three in the morning and was, you know, sometimes you you, you fall asleep watching TV and, and the TV ends up watching you. At any rate, as I awaken, I awaken to a show called uh, Eye Crime with Elizabeth Vargas. And I guess she goes by and she shows amazing things that happen and or crime videos that might take place. At any rate, for this praise break moment, I was arrested uh, by this visual that I saw of a man named Simon Smith, who was uh, remarkably, uh, he was hit by a bus but he got up from the ground okay. A quiet Saturday morning in the centre of Reading, punctuated by a spectacular accident. By any reckoning, Simon Smith, the local man on the receiving end of a bus that comes from nowhere, should be seriously injured or worse. Yet he calmly walks into a nearby bar. He was hit by a bus and he got up from the ground and I was okay. And the first thing came to my mind was uh, a story that I often tell at funerals. Um, one of those old preacher tales, we tend to have a gang of stories to help bring comfort. And the one that I remember, uh, and I don't know who is the originator of this story, but at any rate, the story is um, of a, a young girl who's trying to come to grips with the loss of her mother. And they are on their way to uh, the cemetery after the services and she's crying and she's trying to understand death and the father as they're driving along in a snowy place in Colorado uh, he looks over to the side of the road and there's a big massive truck and as you the truck passes the truck's shadow can be seen on the snow and uh, to help her understand death the father says to her what do you think would be more uh, painful to be run over, the truck or the shadow? And she said, well, you know, the truck is big, but the shadow, it's a shadow. It couldn't hurt anybody. And his reply to her is that Jesus was hit by the truck. Only the shadow has gone over your mother, the shadow of death. 
And I thought about that particular thing with this clear visual of a man who's walking along and all of a sudden the bus comes around the corner, loses control, strikes him, hits him, knocks him forward. And then surprisingly, he gets up and walks into the same place he was headed into. Like nothing had happened. They had to track this man down. Matter of fact, the authorities couldn't even believe that he had been hit by a bus. And my thought that came to my mind that opens up our praise break today is how many times has life run over us? Yeah, how many times has life run over you and yet you got up? That's a shout for somebody. They, 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 they didn't even believe that you were hit by the way you look now or why you even looked in the middle of it. You didn't look like somebody who had been hit by a bus. You didn't look like somebody who had been wounded. You didn't look like somebody who had been on the ground and on their face. You walked it off like nothing happened. And that's my praise break for you today. How many times did we get run over, but we got up? And that is a shout for somebody. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter how long you had been there. It hit you. It happened. But you walked it off. Every time they, they, they scandalized your name, you got up and walked it off. Every time you were wounded by a good, close friends and family, you got hit, but you walked it off. Every time trouble and calamity came your way and should have taken you down into the pit, you got up and walked it off. You were hit by the maximum load of everything that could come down upon you that the enemy could possibly throw at you. It was out of control and it hit you, but you got up and you walked it off. That is a praise break for somebody who knows how to get up and keep walking. Simon Smith showed us in this video that you can get hit by the biggest thing that could ever hit you and survive. Many of us have done that, and that is praise worthy. All right, let me get into the push for this week. Uh, for volunteer appreciation, we know we had a good time, and I believe uh, Pastor had a great text, First Kings uh, 17, 8 through 16, uh, the message about the widow from Zarephath who had, you know, only a little bit of bread and a little bit of oil, a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil was getting ready to make a cake and God had told him. And so I think that there is something to walk us into this week uh, that can help us remember and I'm going to try to do that. But let's take a look at that text. First Kings 17, 18 through 16, you'll find these words. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. As he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks. And he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called to her, Bring me a bite of bread too. But she said, I swear by the Lord your God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house. I, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal and then my son and I will die. 
But Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends the rain and the crops grow again. So she did as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Pastor preached that message and the title was, This Will Bless You on Yesterday. And so I'd like to walk us a little bit further by putting emphasis. Normally I'll give a different scripture, but this one I'm stopped by these two verses that I think we should be mindful of this week. And that is verse 13 and 14. And let me read them again. It says, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you said, but make a little bread for me first. Key, key verse. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain on your crop. Uh, pastor says something poignant that walks us into, if I could put a title to this, to march us further this week. He said in his message, if you trust me with your oil. Hmm. And so for this week, I'd like to take a little bit, this, this couple of verses here of the fact that the widow was instructed by Elijah to make mine first. And so I'd like to walk us into this week with this subject, the purpose of making his first. There's something to be said about when we give God the first of what he's asking us to give him. He didn't ask for him to her to make it and then cut him a piece. He asked her to make his first. Give it to me first. There is a purpose, family, when we give God something that we may have, but we decide to give it to him first. This is why we dedicate our children. This is why we dedicate our, our, or bless our homes. The, there is something to be said about giving it to God first. This is why when we are baptized, when we give our lives over to God, we are basically giving him uh, 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 everything about our life first. We're taking it out of our hands and we're putting it in his hands, solely and completely him. And so the purpose of making his first, there's a reason. First is this, it tells him you believe. That's number one. Number two, it gives him permission. He gives him permission. That's number two. And number three, it guarantees your longevity. Let me give you those three again. The purpose of making his first. Number one, it tells him you, you believe. It tells him and shows him your faith. Two, it gives him permission. And three, it guarantees your longevity. Let's start with the first one. It tells him 
you believe. When we give God what we have first and we make it specifically for him and his by faith, we tell him that it's yours. It's by faith. We don't know what's going to happen, but we give it to him by faith. This widow didn't know if what he was saying was going to be even true, but she had to believe it enough to say, forget my son, forget me. Let me do what he says and make his cake first. Let me give him his first. And so faith, I've heard it said, is believing that it is so, even when it's not so, in order, <coughs> excuse me, that it might be so. It tells him that you believe. It tells him by faith that you believe. It shows him that you believe. The second is, it gives him permission. Gives him permission to do what? To be over it, to be in charge of it, to be the one who keeps it. It gives him permission to take over. It takes your hands off the wheel and it gives him permission to put his hands on the wheel. Y'all remember growing up with the game Mother May I? It was a game of permission. It gave authority to say, if Mother May I says I can go, then I can go. It gives permission for him. It gives him authority to take over. Let me go even a step further. In the game of baseball, there is a pinch substitute. He comes in that if I get injured in the game or I can't make the move to the next base, because whatever reason, I'm going to call in somebody who's going to take over for me. When we give God what we have and what is his and what we think we own, we give it to him. We now give him permission to take over and be in our place. I dedicate my child so God can take over being the covering over him that he needs. I give God my home because I want everything in the house to be covered by him. I know about insurance, but I also know about assurance and I give it over to him. It gives him permission to say, I got this. And simply in that particular verse, her faith and her giving him permission by her doing and being obedient to what he asked her to do, gave Elijah permission to have power over whatever it was he was asking her to do. Third thing is, it guarantees your longevity because once God owns a thing, it's now his and ultimately untouchable. Ooh, that is for somebody. It guarantees your longevity. Her longevity was guaranteed by her obedience and her, her ability to give God permission. And now since God is the owner and he said a thing, once God says it, that settles it. It makes it untouchable. And so I declare that whatever you have, if you've never dedicated your home to God, you can do it now. If you never dedicated your vehicles to God, do it now. If you never de dedicated your children to God, do it now. Let's walk into this week knowing that everything that we have, we should give to him first. 
let him have it. The purpose of making his first is that once he gets it, he knows exactly what to do with it. He knows exactly how to cover it. He knows what's ahead and what's on the way, and he, he will keep everything that's his. I'm a witness to it. He'll keep everything that's his. He'll protect everything that's his, no matter what it goes through, no matter where it is, no matter how difficult it is, he will keep everything that's his. And as I come to a close, let me come to a close with this. Uh, uh, I often don't tell many of these stories about my testimony, but because there were some people who were there who can uh, vouch for the fact that they're true, but I often don't say many of them because sometimes there's just a time and a place to share or a per per or an individual that you're designed to share that with. So I'm sharing a story that only a few people and those who were there actually know about. At, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. There's no secret to that. You all know that I'm, I'm from the 219. I'm from Gary, Indiana, born and raised. But as I was growing up, I want to tell you about a, a tree that God covered me with in 1989. Um, a lot of the places that we would hang out would be spots that all the, the youth would go to and we would hang out there and have fun and just be together. And this takes me to 1989 was the year. Uh, and it shouts me. Only a few know this testimony. And so uh, we're out there in the park and uh the history of Gary, of course, is, it was a rough time for people, but at any rate, a, a shootout breaks out at Marquette Park in Gary, Indiana. And as the shootout breaks out, we don't know what's happening. We can't see. We really can't, you know, you hear the shots, but you don't know what it is. At any rate, I'm standing next to a tree and I can basically hear the, the, the thuds hitting the tree. The bullets are hitting the tree. I'm literally close right next to the tree and I'm we all starting to get down and get out the way but I think about that particular situation often that that tree uh uh took what potentially could have came my way what was it that how did I able to walk away from that particular situation and then I'm thinking in that same year the very same year we're at another beach in Michigan City and oftentimes we would either hang out in Gary or hang out in Michigan City at another beach. And and that same year, we're hanging out in the parking lot. And of course, I don't know, Gary and Michigan, sometimes we would get into these rivalries, if you will. And a kid walks up to me and my boys while we're standing outside and he pulls out a gun and he pulls the trigger. It clicks. Nothing happens. And then he runs off. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, you know, now I'm thinking to myself, that back then I didn't see anything, but over 30 years later, I see it clearly that perhaps is it that because I had made a profession of faith in the one who was able to get or take over my life and be first, maybe that was the reason for my provision and the reason why I was still here. And I just want to let somebody know that God will shield you and cover you if you belong to him. And that's a shout for me because anything could have happened on either occasion. But the God I serve protected me from then, maybe because he knew I had a destiny, maybe because he knew where I was headed, maybe because I made a profession of faith that he is the first and the source of my strength of my life. He is the one. Uh, he is the 
the alpha, the omega. He is the one I put my trust in. Now I'm under different ownership. And when you're under different ownership, you got to know that when you're under a different ownership and a different management, there are certain things that can't happen when you're under a different management. I'm not under the earth's management. I'm not under the world's management. I'm under heaven's management. And when you're under heaven's management, there is a protection that comes with that that you can't explain. You don't know how it happened. You don't know how you walked away. And that's how you walked away from the car accident. That's how you walked away from the calamity. That's why you had, you were able to walk away from what people can't walk away from. Some people have had widow maker heart attacks and walked away. Some people have had the illness that should be said to be uncurable, but now doctors can't find it. I'm talking about covering that covers. All because, all because there is a purpose in making what's his first. And so that shouts me as I come to a close. Let me say this about this text. Pastor only read up to that particular verse that he ended with. But in the next verses, tragedy actually strikes this widow, uh, even in her son. And her son actually dies. And Elijah in this situation goes and he's able to revive him. So what I want to tell somebody is that what if he didn't? What if he didn't revive the son? What if tragedy did strike? What I need to let you know that when you're his, even in death, that's no indication that you're not still covered. Oh yes, just because we die, that's no indication that we're not covered. When we're covered, not only are we his in this life, we're his in the next life, even after this. We are sheltered beneath his wings. But there is a purpose in us making sure that our children know him first, that we dedicate our children to him first, so that whether they are continuing to be revived in this life or whether they close their eyes in this life, God still takes them as his. There is a purpose in making what's his first, just as this widow did. So I come to the close with that. That's all I got for this week. Uh, this week's charge is to make sure that whatever you have, whatever you receive, that you make his first. Make his first, like the widow make the pie for Elijah first. Make his first and watch how God covers it. Uh, I can't tell you that I've always had success there have been some times where I've maybe not been shot, but I've been burned by some things in this life. But what I can tell you is because I'm his, just like the widow and just like a uh, pastor said very clearly uh, in his message, I have always seen that if I trusted him with my oil, he's never let me run out. God bless you today. What I want to do now is just open it up for prayer. I know this is Thanksgiving week. We have so much to be thankful for, and we're probably not going to go live on Wednesday, although I missed last Wednesday because I had a power outage. That's fine. But we know that you all have the power and ability to pray as we gather around on, on Thursday for Thanksgiving this week. Uh, we want to just be in special prayer. Special prayer for those many people who are, for the first time, 
may not have someone at their table who was there last year. Thanksgiving, or even someone who hasn't had someone at their table for a long time. Um, all of us, when we come at Thanksgiving, we think about those that we lost. It could be recent, or it could be a long time from away that we haven't had them at our table. And so we want to be in special prayer this week for Thanksgiving, along with being thankful for the many times that God has covered us because we put him first. So that's the prayers for this week. Uh, if you have a special prayer this week, put it in the chat. If you need me for one-on-one -on -one prayer, put that in the chat and I will reach back out to you and make sure that we have one-on-one -on -one prayer with you this week. I'll stop what I'm doing to make sure I pray with you individually. With that said, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Master, we come to you this day, God, thanking you for uh, today. God, we know that you've given us grace for the day. And if we made it through this day up until this point, God, we know that we are blessed because tomorrow is not promised. Today is the present and it is a gift. So God, we thank you for this gift of today. We thank you for all that you've done in this day to keep us up until now. And it'll be only by your grace that we'll be able to make it till tomorrow. So God, we just come saying thank you. Then God, I come right now praying for all those who this week will be celebrating Thanksgiving. God, we first want to celebrate what we're thankful for. There's so many things that you've done where we've given it over to you first and you've covered us and we say thank you. And God, you've been so gracious that if we tell the truth, there have been some things that we didn't even give you and you still covered us because you knew we'd return to say thank you. And so God, we say thank you now. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for raising us. Thank you for maintaining us. Thank you for delivering us. All the things you've done, we stand thankful this week for our family, for our friends, for our loved ones near and far, we say thank you. We pray that you would allow all those who gather this week to think back and enjoy the time that they have with one another, setting aside all differences and just enjoy one another and be thankful. Then God, we pray for those who will be this week with somberness, somberness for a loved one that will not be at the table, somberness for one who they wish could be present for the laughter and the joy and even us experiencing their laughter and joy, whom we will not this year. God, we pray that you would give us comfort in the midst of that. We pray that you would give us a smile in the midst of our tears. We pray that you would allow us to remember them and their legacies and all that they stand for. And somehow how have some gratitude, even on Thanksgiving. So God, we pray that you would be with, these, be with all of us this week. And as we sit around enjoying one another's company, enjoying the food, God, we were thankful for a different reason. We understand that our thankfulness didn't come from uh, what happened with the, the pilgrims and the Indians. We know that our thankfulness comes from us thinking about how good you've been. And for the fact that every time we put you first, you've covered us and kept us and you've maintained us all along the way. God, we're thankful that our oil and our flour has never run out. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, that's all I got for you guys this week. We'll see you on next week. Please put your special prayer requests in there. And as of always, if you need me, I will be here, there for you. And you know that I love you. God bless.